0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
1: Hello, thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am very excited about today's show. Today, We're going to explore how small businesses can build relationships with social media and with content. And we're going to do that with Jeff Corhan, who's the author of a new book called Built-In Social, Essential Social Marketing Practices for Every Small Business. I also have a really cool resource that I want to share with you. And as a matter of fact, let's go ahead and share that right now.
0: Here's a path worth treading.
1: So I recently started listening to a really cool new podcast uh, by Rick Mulready called The Inside Social Media Podcast. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip of it for you right now so you can kind of hear Rick's voice and understand what his podcast is all about.
0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode number one of the Inside Social Media Podcast. I'm Rick Mulready. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. This is the show where I bring you stories and insights from the brightest minds in social media from some of the biggest brands in the world. Now, my goal is to show you the most innovative and successful strategies big brands are doing on social media and then how you can model them for your own business with little to no budget. So let's jump right into it with my first guest. He's pretty much synonymous with big brand social media. His name is Scott Monty,
1: and he's Ford's global head of social media. Okay, well, there you have it. A quick taste of what Rick's podcast is all about. Um, I love the podcast. He does a really good job of interviewing these social experts at the time of this recording. He's recorded Rick Wine from McDonald's, Scott Monte from Ford, Frank Eliason from Citigroup, Gary Vaynerchuk, Chris Brogan, and uh, a number of other folks that I have not heard of, but I, I'm definitely um, a big fan of the show. What he does is he essentially asks these people that are working for these big brands to share what the big brands are doing, but in the context of how a small business can use it. I think it's a really, really uh, cool podcast. Once again, it's called The Inside Social Media Podcast with Rick Mulready, and you can find it at the show notes, which I'll talk about a little bit later, or you can go to iTunes and search for Inside Social Media. So um, with that, I also want to share one more thing. I want to thank you. If if you've listened to this show for a while and you've left a rating or review on iTunes, I want to say thank you. And I want to read one in particular. Uh, Jeff Rogers says this is his favorite podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Here's what he says, quote, the podcast is fantastic. Listening to it has inspired me to make some fundamental changes to our existing business, a portrait studio, and to launch a new business, a design firm. Keep up the good work. P.S., the half an hour average runtime is perfect to listen to while jogging. Thank you, Jeff. And if you're listening to me while jogging, I'm glad to join you on the run. If you're listening to me while you're walking, if you're listening to me while you're at the gym or in the car, thank you so much for having me along with you. It means a lot to me. Um, I would love it if you'd be willing, if you haven't done it yet, to go over and give us a review on iTunes. It's very easy to do. All you have to do is visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes, all lowercase. It'll take you right to where you need to go and just let me know what you think about the show. It helps the show get seen by other people because this is one of the variables that helps uh, iTunes determine whether or not to showcase the show to other people. Also, one other thing I want to mention to you before we get into today's show, we do have a voicemail hotline and I would encourage you to leave your questions. Um, you can do that by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com voicemail. If we choose your question, uh, we will, I'll read it, I'll play it on the air and uh, answer the question, and you'll also get um, mentioned in on on the actual show page for Social Media Examiner with a link back to your website. So you can leave a voicemail with your questions at socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail. With that, let's transition over to today's interview with Jeff Corhan.
0: To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
1: I'm very excited to be joined today by Jeff Corhan. If you don't know who Jeff is, he's the author of a brand new book called Built-In Social, Essential Social Media Practices for Every Small Business. Jeff also trains and coaches small businesses on social media marketing at jeffcorhan.com, which is K-O-R-H-A-N.com. Jeff, welcome to the show.
0: It's a pleasure to join you, Mike, and your small business audience.
1: Hey, well, I'm glad to have you. So today we're going to focus on, and Jeff hinted at it, how small businesses can use social media and marketing ultimately to grow their business and to make sales. So Jeff, let's start with a little bit of your background. Um, you for a long time were running a local landscaping company, which, you know, is arguably pre-social media, but yet there were a lot of principles that you learned through that, that kind of helped you, you know, basically adopt social media marketing. Can you tell me about your experience and what it taught you about social media and social sure. marketing?
0: Sure. When I started that business, I had just completed about 10 years in the corporate world. So I was fairly ignorant to how small business really operates. And I started doing some research and studying the industry that I was moving into. But what I found out by accident really is that small business is much less formal than how the corporate world worked, at least back then. And so I discovered that people really want to get to know you, which is something that we can obviously do quite readily these days with social media. But probably the real significant thing I discovered is that consumers are hungry for information. And so as I was teaching myself this new industry and having conversations with uh, potential customers and customers, I discovered that they really wanted to know what was going on behind the scenes of my business. They really wanted to know why I was doing what I was doing. And so by accident, I discovered this thing that we all know now today as content marketing, and it proved to be the key to really getting my business off the ground.
1: Let's explore this a little bit, because in your book, you talk about how you decided, if I'm not mistaken, to start going door to door, right? And talking to people. How did that lead you down the road to um to content marketing? What were some of the things that you were learning through that process?
0: Well, I literally did go door to door, and I would not recommend anybody do that these days. But that was simply I had a background in sales and I felt comfortable doing that. So basically I was cold calling. But as I visited with people and learned more about them, I found out that they had lots and lots of questions, and I figured out some ways to give them those solutions from my research, because not only did I spend a lot of time with the customers, but I spent time reaching out to other people in the industry, asking them how they were doing things, and two things I learned. One was that everybody was doing everything a little bit differently, which I thought was somewhat confusing for the customer. But the one thing that they did have in common was that they were all using yellow page advertising, putting their ads in this phone book. And I started exploring that and discovered that it was expensive and it was all about who could shout the loudest using that form of media. And it didn't make sense to me why I wanted to be on the same page with all of my competitors. So I tried something different, which was really running what I would guess we would call advertorials in neighborhood bulletins. And I didn't use them to sell in the sense of uh, one would think of an ad. I did it more to educate them and then just leave the phone number, which was the only way you could contact the business back then. And the phone did start ringing.
1: And uh, one of the examples I think you spoke about was something to do with shrubs, right? Can you elaborate a little bit on that, just so people can kind of understand that? Wasn't it something like, is your gardener killing your shrubs or something like that?
0: (laughs) Well, see, the common practice uh, of pruning shrubs was using head shears. And when shrubs are sheared consistently year after year, you get a lot of growth at the surface. And the natural habit of the plant is also compromised. So what I was explaining in that ad was if your shrubs were pruned by hand, not only would you have a more natural looking plant, but you would also extend its longevity. And so the idea was that you're going to have to pay a little bit more for this hand pruning. But in the long run, you will save money because your plant is going to last much, much longer than those that are sheared you know, consistently at the same level year in and year out.
1: Okay, so I want to pause here, folks, and and reiterate what's happening here because you might think, what does this have to do with social media? This is critical because what Jeff figured out before the age of social media was that if he could find something that a lot of the competitors were doing wrong, and he could educate the users or the consumers of the the service that there is a right way and a wrong way to do it by simply demonstrating his expertise, um, he essentially got business because they said, well, how much more will I gain if I end up having this guy take care of my yard? Now, this, Jeff, today could apply as to blogging, right? I mean, you could just, instead of publishing it in a regular newsletter, you could just as easily publish a blog like and, and do something very similar in almost any industry,
0: right? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, what if I had assumed the practices of everybody else in the industry, or at least in my local community, I would have had no differentiation whatsoever. So I was looking for a way to differentiate my business and what I discovered somewhat by accident was that there were a lot of unanswered questions and what I've since learned in working with social media and still working with small businesses is that the same problems never go away. The the same uh, I guess call them bad practices uh, are are always going to be there. If, If there was If better practices and best practices were, were readily adopted, then, then you and I would be out of work, but that's what we have discovered is that you have to kind of keep looking at situations from different angles and, and trying to explain it in a different way and maybe even using different media and uh, consistently doing that time and again, and it does resonate with customers and it brings others on board and it really helps to build a business.
1: Yeah. And by the way, this, this, this discussion that we're having right now is very much in line with the interview I did with Marcus Sheridan from the sales line, which folks can go back and check out, um, later if they want to, uh, which is basically about answering questions, um, that people have. And a lot of times, um, depending on what industry you're in, people don't want to answer certain kinds of questions. Like how much does it cost for X or what's better X or Y and 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 sometimes they don't even know what questions to ask. Like in the case of Jeff Corhan, they probably never realized that their shrubs you know, were having problems. So just by educating them, Jeff, essentially you established yourself as an authority. And as a result of that, I would imagine you got an enormous amount of clout from that, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's funny you mentioned that about questions because I referenced a few articles, blog posts that I'd written in the appendix. And one was something like why every business is now in the answers business or something to that effect. Meaning if we start thinking of, of, we are, have to be a source of answers. It helps us to co-find the problems too. And to really just never stop giving the answers that are going to help people to, uh, accomplish whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. Cause that's why people are using all this media. They're looking for solutions. They're looking for something and, uh, we need to help them find that.
1: Now, In your book, um, you've coined a phrase called the social process, which is a three-part system. Why don't you define at a very high level what the parts are, and then let's dig into each one of them a little bit.
0: Sure. I believe I called it the social marketing process, but it really is taking what's working for you at Social Media Examiner, what works for me, and that is to start at the beginning, which is to use content to attract the attention of people to build an audience even call that attracting leads because they're looking for solutions content is what we call it but basically this is you can call it content or answers or solutions or whatever but it's publishing that information online where people are searching the web so that they can find it so the first component of that three-step process is that content attracts attention Then the second component, the one that most people are familiar with, is that they can then engage with them and develop relationships using social media. And so that's where it's really a matter of developing trust. I mean, ultimately, you're getting to know people, they're getting to know you, you're uh, sharing information, and so when that happens at a given time. And you develop that trust level, well, then the third component, which is the sales conversion, really becomes almost a byproduct if you've got a sales process in place and really know how to convert people to whatever it is that you're selling. And I find that some businesses don't have a reliable sales process. So I've even included in the book on Chapter 9 how to uh, develop that process and actually if you have one, how to even make it better.
1: Okay. So the social marketing process has three components. First of all, content attraction, social engagement, secondly, and then sales conversion. I have a question on the content side. So for someone listening right now that maybe is doing social media, but maybe hasn't figured out their content strategy yet, I'm sure one of the questions going through their mind is what in the world do I I write about? How do I know what content to produce? How would you answer that?
0: I would say that you know your customers and they've asked you questions in the past and I would just start there because really I have discovered that getting started and starting wherever you think is a good place as far as what are the most relevant questions that you're getting asked and and answering those questions and maybe finding out through your analytics what's resonating with people and this is something that I discovered. By speaking to small business audiences, and then I kept getting asked this question, uh, personal accounts, Jeff, or business accounts? So I wrote a blog post on that, and it got a lot of traffic. Hmm. I wrote another version of it about a year later, and it got even more traffic. And so that confirmed two things, and that is if you listen and monitor those channels, you'll know what to talk about. You'll know what some of their concerns are. And also that you, you your job is never done. You're never done answering these questions because there will always be new people or people will forget or they won't implement properly and take action. So it, it's really just tuning into your customers.
1: And we probably should spend just a second talking about the different kinds of content because, yes, blogging is what you and I do. But what we're doing right now is a form of content, isn't it, Jeff? I mean, the fact that you're on this podcast and you could do videos too. So what are some of the different forms of content that you see folks in small businesses doing?
0: Well, for one thing, I would like them to create something that they own, such as a blog on a URL, a domain that they own, a podcast they would obviously own. Even email newsletters are digital. And so those integrate with social media, a website, of course you own that, but it's not interactive like a blog might be or a podcast can be. So I think it's it's thinking about how your audience is going to be most receptive. And so I love the idea of a podcast for me because many of my small business uh, audience types are in vehicles, in trucks, in cars, they're commuting, or or they're not in an office at all. And so it's a great way for them to consume content.
1: There you go. So bottom line is you don't have to be a writer <laughs> even though it's not bad to be a writer but you, if you're if you're a decent talker uh you could cr- create some great content and Jeff you and I were both talking in pre-show about how some folks are really killing it <laughs> with podcasting you know and the fact is there's a massive audience out there so there there's that there's video there's written words so there's so many different ways okay social engagement you've created the content and um some folks are consuming it and maybe, you know, sharing it. Um, what should small business people be doing when it comes to the engagement side?
0: The engagement side is really trying to, as we many of us say, you know, pull back the curtain and show them who you are. I find that people really do want to get to know you on a personal level. And so this is where a business really has to understand that, that, The more personal you can be, of course, without oversharing, the more engaging it is. And so sharing little qualities, whatever you're comfortable with, but everybody has their level of comfort with how much they want to share and how they want to share that. But the truth is that people are interested in people. And I believe the, uh, the co-founder of LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, has said that, um, you know, no business has ever given you business. It's always a person within a business. So get to know people, connect with them. And from there, uh, it really should be just like having a conversation.
1: So the functional side of engagement is something as simple as replying when people leave you a blog post comment?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have to respond. Just sending a confirming tweet or acknowledging people's effort and it's showing that you care about them.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, it's very easy for a small business person like me or you, Jeff, or someone who's listening right now to say, well, I've barely got enough time to even grow the business, (laughs) you know. Let alone create the content, but wait a second—you're asking me to actually respond to people. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, the way to think about it is: if you ever walked into a store and uh, and nobody replied to you and no one said welcome or anything like that, you'd feel kind of strange, wouldn't you? <laughs> and and that's exactly what it's like with social too. When people go out of their way to actually leave a comment, that's like essentially someone walking in your store and writing a comment and leaving it on the counter. They deserve a response, don't they?
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I believe that most small business owners pride themselves in answering the telephone at least we did we we really avoided pushing messages into voicemail and if they take that same approach to their social media they're going to get some results there's no question about it
1: okay the last component here is sales conversion can you speak a little bit about what what's involved there i know you have a background in sales so you probably have some interesting thoughts here
0: i do and i wasn't trained formally i, I don't know if anybody is i think you tend to learn sales when you get into the workforce but for me, the biggest factor that I found was confidence, having a process that is laid out, that shows the potential buyer that you can take them to where they want to go. And so that to me is is just everything. And And so having a process, I actually gave my process a name. I for us, when we created these landscapes, there, it was complicated from the standpoint of first you have to meet, you have to do some discovery, then you have to create designs, you have to talk budgets. And ultimately, you have to then build that project. So this goes over a period of weeks, months, and sometimes even years. And so I really had to show them for the substantial investment that they were making that here's where we start. This is step two, step three, step four. And so it's, it really is more than a series of steps. It's something that shows the buyer that you can get them there and hopefully shows them very clearly and cleanly as possible. And so in the book, I actually show how we did what we call the front stage and the backstage process, meaning you share with them what they need to know to uh, be a a customer, if if that's appropriate. And then everything, all the details that go on as far as making that happen, that's the backstage, and that's for the business to be concerned with.
1: Okay, so... um I think what might be going through the mind of people right now is, uh, especially a lot of small business people is maybe I've got content and maybe I've got engagement, but how do I move someone down the, down the path to actually the sale? Cause I think that's one of the biggest questions everybody wants to know is like, can you sell with social and, and is there some tips that you could provide in that regard?
0: Sure. I think the best thing is, is to have something that people want and it's that takes uh, two things. It's organizing something and packaging it in a way that that makes it valuable. So people are looking for solutions, we know that. You know what your customers are looking for and how you package things, as I did with this book. I mean, I could have just as easily said, hey, go to my blog, it's all there. And it is, but there's a lot of information that you would have to sift through and some of it would be not quite as relevant as if it is today you know the book was written very recently and so it's it's organizing something and packaging it and making it something that is really the best you've got and so it it really is putting together um how you do things and so it it's it's so many factors it it's it's what makes your business unique uh what you're providing why it's good better or different Um, And to me, again, it's explaining a lot of questions. That was a big, big part of my process. As somebody that ran a landscape business, uh, I was having to help people make a a serious investment. And price is always a factor. And I explained to them that 50% of what they're paying for is underground, meaning uh, the quality root system to a a tree that's locally grown, uh, the right infrastructure to a patio or or. Uh, wall or whatever, how the valves to the irrigation system were of the right quality and didn't have to be dug up every five years to be replaced and on and on and on. And so this was refreshing to them and really opened their eyes that, wow, you know, nobody's told me this or, or explained it in this way. And so however one can accomplish that, using their social media is really going to help to ultimately, as I like to think of, make the sales conversion almost a byproduct of that social media engagement.
1: And I think this is a good point because um, one of the things that I've seen is that a lot of people that are producing really spectacular content that demonstrates their expertise in a space and that are known for um, being approachable, Right, because they reply to every post or they respond to people on Facebook or Twitter or whatever channel. Um, When, you know, not everybody that comes is necessarily ready to buy. But bottom line is a lot of these people are going, if someone says, Hey, I'm looking for someone who specializes in, let's say, landscaping, and I happen to read that Jeff has a great blog on landscaping, guess who I'm going to refer? Jeff a lot of people come kind of pre-sold because the content and the engagement essentially overcomes a lot of the, the typical things that resist that, that prevent the the sales cycle, right? Like I don't know you and I don't trust you. Well, they can get to trust you and get to know you through the content and the attraction. And then the sales process is greatly simplified. And I found that to be the case, uh, in, in a pretty cool way. Now, um, you also mentioned that we need to be thinking like media companies, Jeff. And, um, this comes back to the content side of things. Um, What do you mean that businesses need to be thinking like media companies and how do they go about it?
0: Well, because we are now our own media. And so back in the days when I ran that landscape business for a couple decades, media was something that I had to connect with and engage with them to have them write a story about me in the newspaper. And of course I couldn't afford radio or television, so I didn't use that. But basically, you know, media was uh, the, the, the influence and the power was consolidated within those media outlets. Whereas now we all have access to social media. We have our own television station. It's called YouTube, our own digital magazine. It's called your blog. And how we are using that needs to have a strategy behind it. You know, basically a thought process that says, look, what is going to get people to tune in? It certainly isn't going to be a lot of promotional things about your business. So nobody's going to watch TV if it's nothing but nonstop ads. What they will tune in, though, for is something that's interesting, educational, informative, engaging. And when you give them that, sure, they'll they'll tolerate an ad or two. In fact, uh, we were talking about this on my blog recently that back in the early days of television – uh, we actually looked forward to ads. So when you would tune in, and I'm going to date myself here, the uh, the uh, Jackie Gleason show and the Ed Sullivan show, uh, you know, television was a fairly new medium at that time, and people were really, really interested in those ads. So if you do both well, if you create excellent content and you do an excellent job of creating your your promotions, then everybody will want to tune into all of it.
1: You know, I often um, offline talk to a lot of my friends who are. Bloggers and podcasters um, and YouTubers, if you will. And I explained to them that kind of we are the new guard. And what I mean by that is we are the future CNNs and NBCs and ABCs. Um, And when you start to realize that people aren't reading newspapers much anymore, they're not reading magazines much anymore, they're not even watching as much television as they used to, but instead they're consuming. They're not listening to as much radio, all these things. They're consuming online media. Um, This opens up, I think, an incredible opportunity for any small business because back in the olden days, Jeff, when I was a kid, I had one of those TVs that had a knob on it and it only had, I think, like, I don't know, 26 stations or something like that, you know? <laughs> there wasn't that many. And then cable came around and we had maybe, what, 100? But now we have thousands and thousands of possible places we can tune in to find the most particular thing you could ever imagine, right? And I think this just... Opens up an incredible opportunity for businesses to go into any conceivable niche that they want to and essentially become the media in that business because there is nobody that's thinking that way. A lot of bloggers that write about stuff, frankly, are hobbyists. They're not really, they don't have a business mindset about them. So when you say we need to start thinking like media companies, what you're really saying, I think, is that we need to start thinking that this is a legitimate legitimate medium upon which we are creating content. We happen to own that medium, and when we own that medium, like in the case of Social Media Examiner, um, we can do anything. You know, um, we don't have to pay somebody else for advertising, right? Because we have the audience, and I think that's the opportunity that presents itself for small businesses.
0: Oh, completely. And and you said a a very key word there, and that is particular, meaning being specific. So that your audience knows that that this is for them, and when you when you really uh, take the risk of being specific, then that's when some interesting things happen. So, for example, when social media was was kind of rolling out, and I was doing what everybody else was doing, this might be five six years ago, uh, you know, listening to to some of the uh, or reading the the popular blogs. I didn't feel like it was explained well enough. And I'm like, you know, you just scratched the surface. So then I sort of made it my business to um, write a blog for people like me that were basically mainstream people who weren't necessarily technically uh, savvy and and break it down and break it down and then suddenly uh that's when I discovered you social media examiner and 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 said hey can I you know be a guest blogger and you said yes and and so and you know look at what you've built with social media examiner i think it it is a it's absolutely world class and it it speaks to the fact that it wasn't being done very well and this is what i tell my small business audiences when i'm out speaking is you know, there is so much room left here. I mean, we're still early days. There are so few people taking advantage of this, especially small business, that the opportunity in communities around the world and in every single industry is just ripe. It's just there for the taking. It's waiting for anybody to step up and just do it.
1: I think this is a good transition to my next question about collaboration and cooperation. Um, you know, Social Media Examiner was not built um, on Mike Stelzner. You know, it was built on the Jeff Corhans of the world who came forward and cooperated with us and created great content collaboratively. Um, you talk about the importance of cooperation and collaboration uh, for small businesses. Can you kind of tip your hat a little bit and share what some of your thoughts are on on, on the idea of cooperating and collaborating with others?
0: Sure. Well, y- Small businesses, uh, many of us uh, accomplish what we did by working hard and putting in, you know, horrendous hours. But the truth is uh, we can all simplify our lives by working together with other people, uh, meaning customers even, collaborating with them because we can develop better solutions. And so instead of creating something and saying, here it is, Marketplace, uh, would you like to buy this? And maybe you put some research into that. Uh, the truth is, if you start with the customer and collaborate with them, a couple of things happen you'll probably come up with better solutions because you're working directly with them and because you're collaborating with them uh and they're part of the finished process or product uh you know they're not only a customer now but they're going to probably be a customer for life and so what you and I both do and and we know is is becoming extremely prevalent is that uh, there's also collaboration cooperation among what one would normally call competitors uh... because uh, we're all kind of making this better for all of us which means there's plenty to go around you know and so if if we really start to think of markets as communities and understanding that it's an ecosystem and that everybody wants what they want but if we start helping other people get what they want it's going to really encourage them to help us when we need some help and so the result is uh cooperation i just think is absolutely the way to go moving forward and we need to start really thinking of new ways to partner with people because uh it, it's it's this social media is is more than just media in my mind it's changing the way we will all be doing business and it really is is creating an interesting dynamic and it doesn't mean we have to do things we do have to do things differently but what I think the easiest way to approach this is just starting out by studying what got us here and saying, okay, how do I take this to a digital world and how do I not then as a result of that make my business more relevant for the people that I'm serving?
1: You know, and this is a really important lesson I want everyone to really pay attention to because the fact is that I don't care what industry you're in, there are other people that do what you do and they may do it in a different part of the world, or they may be direct competition. But the fact is that what most people are not doing is they're not actively trying to build a platform. So if you begin to build a platform Like for example, um, before I started Social Media Examiner, I was a white paper writer and I built a pretty big platform, but I invited my competitors to be part of that platform and I called it coopetition. So the idea is cooperating, yet they're competitors. And the idea was that there was something in it for everyone. Um, My platform got way bigger than than Mike Stelzner. And I knew that by collaborating with my fellow writers that were competition. Um, first of all, I was getting their knowledge and sharing it with my audience which helped them build their platforms. but it also added more credence and credibility to what I was building because it wasn't just about me anymore And uh, the end result was I was able to build something massive. Now this is just hard to compute you know for a lot of people the idea of working with competitors uh, on the content front just does not compute but the end result is something much bigger. And, um, that's exactly how we were able to build social media examiner. It's how so many people are doing it today. And the whole collaboration thing, um, and cooperation thing with customers is so big too, Jeff. I mean, the fact is these days we see so many people that are writing books, but are first sharing their ideas with their audience, getting feedback on it before they write the book so that when they actually do write the book, it's something even better or before they create product X. And it just seems so foreign, right, to the way so many people like to operate, which is to keep their secrets close to their chest. But in reality, if you are able to open up and share and collaborate
0: with other people, the end result is something much better. And it just seems so counterintuitive, right? It does. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I was so concerned. And I had people telling me when I was blogging, why are you sharing all of your secrets? You're so stupid, Jeff. You're doing this wrong. But, uh, you know, I... I, I was, saw some things and it made sense to me. And I stayed with it. I stayed true to what I believed in. And so now it's many years later and suddenly we have a lot of people talking about content marketing and we have more people really understanding that, uh, this is just a whole way of doing business and it does work.
1: It really does. Uh, and it's one of those kind of things you got to just experiment with a little bit and see if it works.
0: (laughs) It just goes against the grain
1: of what we've all been taught, you know?
0: It does. Yeah. Well, you're reminding me of something. I mean, when I speak in front of a live audience, I mention my MBA for one very specific reason. And that is that to make the point that what I learned in that program 30 some odd years ago is almost completely irrelevant today because it was such a bureaucratic way of approaching things. And that is out the window. Now it's cooperation, it's collaboration, it's uh, personal it's informal. It is is so many ways different that it's it's just amazing for me to look back and and think about what we studied and uh, how things are so different today.
1: The take-home lesson to all of you that are listening right now is that um, most people don't get this. You have the privilege of listening to Jeff. You have the privilege of picking up his new book, Small Biz. Small Business Social, and you can discover a lot more about this stuff. And frankly, most people don't get it because they were never taught this stuff. Um, Jeff, I want to thank you for scratching the surface because I know we've just barely scratched the surface of what is in your book. Um, Where can folks learn more about Small Business Social or you? um, Any place you want to send them?
0: Sure. There's two places. They can learn more about me at my primary site is my name, jeffcorhan.com. That's J-E-F-F-K-O-R-H-A-N.com. Uh to get the book, they can obviously go to bookstores and Amazon and so forth, but I have a uh link to my site, which is the title of the book, builtinsocial.com. So if they just go to builtinsocial.com, they can um Oh,
1: and access... I called it by the wrong title. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Built in social. <laughs> <I was> gonna...
1: <laughs> you know what I did? I this is the title of today's podcast. <laughs> Built in social. Sorry. Jeff, see, we make mistakes. What's great about podcasting is, hey, we can roll with it. So go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, so I was going to let that go, but that's why I repeated it. Sure, on, <laughs> Thank you. On, Don't uh, listen to me. Page,
1: listen to Jeff.
0: <laughs> they will. Uh, they can get a copy of the uh, table contents, download the first chapter and in the introduction there. They can link up to all the uh, digital formats and uh, it'll it'll link up to wherever they want to buy it from.
1: Okay, folks, builtinsocial.com. It's all one word, right? Correct. And or Jeff Corhan, uh, K-O-R-H-A-N dot com. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me and spending some time with me today to explore this very important topic. Really appreciate it.
0: You bet. Thank you. It was a pleasure.
1: Well, I hope you found that interview uh, with Jeff Corhan useful. Um, A couple things I want to mention to you. (laughs) This is just a funny little uh, side What you may not realize is uh, I take a lot of takes sometimes. Uh, As a matter of fact, this outro, this is the third take of the outro. I kept messing up. But hey, we're all human and it all sews together at the end, sounding beautiful. Um, I want to recommend you check out Jeff's book, Built in Social. Uh, I'm sure you can find it anywhere uh, that you can get books. Also, if there was anything that we mentioned during this podcast interview that you didn't catch, maybe it was a link to something or something we referenced, You can get to our show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 43. And my final call to action to you is this. Uh, If you love the podcast, would you help me get the word out by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash love? This will allow you to populate a tweet in your Twitter stream, letting your Twitter followers know that you enjoy the show, and it'll help us, of course, grow. So this does bring us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Michael Stelzner. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day, and may social media continue to change your world.
0: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.